I want to start maybe just by addressing a couple things that were, you know, that were on my mind about what I learned from you. And then I want to ask you kind of like a first um, powerful question. So this, this quote was at the beginning of Incognito. Man is equally incapable of seeing the nothingness from which he emerges and the infinity in which he is engulfed. Yeah, that was uh, Rene Descartes. And um, I've always been fascinated by this issue about the little strip of perception that we live on, which is to say the way we perceive the world has everything to do with what is useful for us. So we perceive a little tiny strip of the electromagnetic spectrum. We perceive a little tiny strip of, of hearing frequencies that we can hear and so on. Um, things that are useful for finding food and mates and so on. But, um, you know, what the last few centuries have taught us is what's going on in the world of, let's say, molecules and quantum mechanics and atoms and so on. And at one end, at the other end of the scale, you know, solar systems and galaxies and the cosmos and it's very difficult for us as humans to really understand the world at either of those scales even though that is just as much the reality as as ours is but we just happen to be in this little strip where we feel comfortable and uh, and we have to work really really hard to understand reality at those scales so i really love that uh, quotation from descartes yeah. and then it's like humans are right in the middle between the cosmic perspective and the molecular atomic perspective we're like smack in the middle um, you have right visible light spectrums, all we see just this tiny little fraction of what actually exists, all these cell phone signals that are just going through you every single moment. Um, there's so much more though um, that I want to just even from the beginning here, uh, you call yourself a possibilian, which I've said is a student of the universe. You're, <laughs> you're looking for what could be, for what can be. Yeah, That's essentially possible. the idea with possibilianism is simply, uh, just in a few sentences, it's just that you know, uh, our choice seems to be when we come into the world is, okay, you can buy into a particular religious story or you can do the thing where you say, you know, science has got all the answers. It's not that. I'm a strict atheist. And, and when you go into a bookstore, you see books on both of these sides. But, but I feel like as a scientist, I have to admit about the limits of our certainty and uncertainty. And so my interest is in building out the structure of the possibility space instead of fighting and dying for one particular story instead figuring out like okay what what could be what are we doing here what is going on um and so you know i to my mind that seems like a more um a more modern approach rather than saying well i think this particular deity exists because my parents told me or i think we've got it all figured out there's no more mystery in the cosmos um because Every good scientist will tell you that we don't understand even the basics. We don't know how consciousness arises from pieces and parts. We don't know how life started on Earth, the origin of life on Earth. You know, we have these stories like, well, maybe there was lightning and that caused amino acids to come into place. And then, you know, and then they started doing this thing and eventually got cells. Well, there's a whole narrative that we can spin, but we don't know if that's true, you know. So one of my mentors, Francis, what's that? Panspermia. Panspermia, exactly. So one of my mentors, Francis Crick, uh, wrote a paper saying, you know, maybe, maybe life here on Earth was seeded uh, from somewhere else. As in, you know, an asteroid came in and there was some uh, life on the asteroid and so on. We can't even 